Hey listeners, you are listening to another episode of the spinoff show after a little bit of a hiatus, maybe a week or so. If you haven't noticed, my voice is a little raspy, so I'm losing my voice. So I'll make this quick. I got on this show, the third co-host from Voice from the Underground, the podcast, Mr. Big Haas. I loved chatting with this guy. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I wanted to space this out so I wouldn't have three consecutive hosts on three weeks in a row. So space this out. Got Big Haas on. The man is passionate. The man has a ton of knowledge. We get into a variety, a variety of topics. He's super engaging. I loved talking to him. You are now checking out the Big Haas episode. This is... The Jock Spin-Off Show. Big Haas, what's up, man? How's it going? What's going on, man? How you feeling? Uh, you know what? I feel all right. My voice is a little raspy, but other than that, I think I'm it's all right. right. It's okay, yeah. you can go and get in the booth and do your best DMX impersonation. <laughs> Did you like DMX? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah? Hell you, yeah. You were a rough Boy. rider? Big time. Big yeah, time. I, I remember being in like sixth or seventh, might have been eighth grade. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly, but everyone would be talking about their favorite rappers, and yeah. I, I, I would say DMX was my favorite, and everyone would be laughing like they're how do you like DMX? He's no Biggie or Tupac. I'm like, oh, no, I just it's like just his a, voice. It's just, it's, you know something? I find that music mirrors the stage of life you're in. Mm. I'll put it to you like this. In the, in the few years before I got divorced, I was, I was married before. It's my second marriage. Okay. In the few years before I finally got like separated and divorced uh, from my first wife. Mm-hmm. I loved angry, fucking, ghetto, dark music. <laughs> like, when Eminem was going through all of that bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. the Marshall Mathers LP, mm-hmm. um, cleaning out my closet, I am whatever you say I am, DMX, Mob Deep, uh, MOP, mm-hmm. just anything angry, I was loving for some that reason. passion. That passion you hear in their voice? It was just the... It was the... The angry uh, passion. The, the outlet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't... Or I didn't think I could... Outlet where I needed to be outletting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then... I meet my current wife. And we get married. And like while we started dating and stuff... I started like... Man, you know something? This music's really angry. I don't... <laughs> I don't want to hear this. I want to hear... So then I'm listening to Common, I'm listening to Talib Kweli, I'm listening mm-hmm. to more uh, R&B, more, more jazz, more classical, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like, whoa, yeah, yeah. I went into a different phase of my life and my musical taste totally like shifted. It was crazy. I mean, if you're, if you're listening to the wrong music at the wrong point in your life, it'll, it'll shift your mood and you're like, what? what? Yeah. Well, I don't want to listen to this right now. But yeah, DMX, there was, there was a two or three year period, maybe even four years, where DMX and Swiss Beats could do no wrong in my book. <laughs> well, as a 
twelve year old. I, I was going. I was DMX is my shit. Okay, so this guy's I'm this guy's gonna give it to me. Yeah, yeah. You, how, how much older are you than me? I will be forty seven on the sixteenth of July. Okay, so you're sixteen years older than me. Yeah. You got a okay, little. Okay, so you're the same age as my wife. My wife. Just, really? My wife just turned uh, thirty one. Nice. In April. Look at you. Yeah. Getting the young lady. Yep. <laughs> my my I had to dad. Have a couple more kids. My my dad was uh, is seventeen years older than my mom, so there you go. Uh, so you know I, what it's like. I know. I mean, I don't know. You, know, what it's you gotta like, have somebody I, to I, push I a wheelchair around. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, if, if she's the same age as you, you got dual dueling wheelchairs. Who's pushing right. who? Who's pushing whom? Exactly. There's no doubt who's gonna be kicking the bucket first. Who's gonna be needing their diaper change first? There will be no trading off. She's changing my <laughs> diaper first, and then by the time it's her turn, it'll be. The the, uh, the pool boy or whoever she picks up after I kick off. <laughs> <laughs> so f- <laughs> for those for those that don't know who you are, you are you are one of the. Would you call yourself a host from the Voice from the Underground? What do you? What do you we're, we're we are co-hosts. Co-hosts, we're right? All co-hosts. Just give a brief rundown for those that don't know who you are. Who Big Haas is? What the um, podcast is about? Et cetera, uh, et cetera. Let's see. Um, Big Haas, I am just. A normal You're ordinary 47. Dude. I'm 47. Robbing the cradle. Uh, some would say I'm robbing the cradle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me see. How would people describe me? People would possibly describe me as some people scri- describe me as a social justice warrior. Some people could describe me as a community activist. Some people mm-hmm. describe me as an obnoxious ass sometimes. <laughs> uh, some people would describe me as a loving father, uh, an irritating husband. Cigar, cigar. I wouldn't say aficionado because aficionado implies or infers a level of knowledge I haven't attained yet. I would mm. say enthusiast. Okay. Uh, cigar enthusiast, sports fan, uh, politically engaged. Um, I have a master's in marketing. I also held several fitness certifications. I'm an athletic performance coach, personal trainer, and group exercise instructor. Uh, let's see. Well, what what do you not do, man? You do everything. <laughs> I don't cha- I don't I don't rebuild transmissions. Okay, stuff like that. I that and you know, um, son of a single mom, so I didn't get the uh, come over here and watch me change oil and stuff and mm. things around the house and stuff. So uh, I never you know, got that either. But I my parents, my my mm-hmm. parents were together. But my dad just was the type of guy that was like. I'll just call I'll somebody else to do it. Do it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And my now my philosophy on that is, I don't want to fuck it up because if I fuck yeah. it up, then I gotta fix it. Right. So if somebody else fucks it up, I can get it fixed and done right for free. There you go. You know what I mean? Some yeah. things like I'll do myself. Like I could change my own oil. I change on my oil on my. Mo- I'm a motorcyclist. I love motorcycles. Uh, I change the oil. I'll change the oil on my motorcycle. I'll change the oil in my car. But I've done a couple of tune-ups, but I don't want to do that no more. Mm-hmm. Scraped all my knuckle knuckle skin off. Uh, Try to get those <laughs> spark plugs out. But there's, there's certain things where I'm not doing it myself. Like I see guys in the in the in their driveway doing their own brakes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, that's way too dangerous for me. Oh, to do that's myself. scary, man. Because you fucked that up, dude. You you in a wall. You, you're dead. You know, you might be dead. So I, I, I'll go ahead and let some. I'll let Meineke or somebody do that. But right. um, avid reader. Big, big uh, into self, um, self improvement. 
So, like, I listen to a lot of Robin Sharma, a lot of Eric Thomas, a lot of uh, Les Brown, a lot of John Maxwell, uh, Deepak Chopra, things like that that just try to, you know, improve yourself from within. And when you when you improve yourself those ways, it tends to bleed into everything instead of um, trying to improve, improve in one external area like sports or, mm. or, or math or something like that. I, th- I find that if you when you improve yourself it tends to bleed into everything and everything else improves from there. It's like you are the root. Mm-hmm. And everything else that you might think you need to improve in are the leaves that, what, that, that, that sprout from you. So I think if you improve your, your, your internals, then it affects all of your externals and you don't have to worry about trying to figure out which one you're going to work on now. Like I'm going to work on my, my physical fitness now. Well, right. if, you, if you become more disciplined in general, you'll, You'll, you'll work into that physical fitness and things like that. So, Yeah, I think a lot of people find motivation in external things, such as if I get, let's say fitness, if I get in a certain physique, I will be happy. Right. Whereas if you're no. happy starting that way, if you're happy right. on the inside and then right. try to improve your physique, right. it's, it's 10 times better. Right. Like I've had, I've, had, I've had personal training clients who were like, you know, over 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. And like, if I could just get to 175, I'd be beautiful. Right. I'm like, no, you're going to be beautiful every step of the way to that goal. Mm-hmm. And they like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're beautiful now. You just, you know, you just want to improve in an area. Mm-hmm. But you, you, let's start by improving what your outlook is. You, know, you can't, you can't look at your external state and say, I'll be beautiful when my external state changes. You'll be, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, if you're internally beautiful. Your external will, will change to reflect that internal. When do you, when do you think you realize that in your life? <sighs> you get old. <laughs> maybe maybe um, I was maybe thirty eight. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. up until then, it was if I get this car, I'll be straight. If I get this house, I'll be straight. If I get this type of woman, I'll you know I'll be straight. You know, and and I'll be validated and I'll be respected. And then it was like, no, I, if I respect myself, then that's you know. If I validate myself and I know that I'm doing my best, then, you know, other, you know, the law of attraction applies. What you put out, you get back. Mm. I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you have, you've been podcasting to tell everybody what, yes. about the podcast. So the you, podcast. You all these awesome things. You have, you yes, have a lot of passion. Also a podcaster. <laughs> and you're a podcaster as well. Yes. And that started as a. Let's stop arguing on Facebook and argue on, the, on a podcast. Well, here let me let me give you let me give you my thought. <laughs> let me give you my thoughts on on your role in the podcast and and my you role. can expound. Oh, oh okay, this this yeah. will be great. I've never heard anybody yeah, like yeah, expound yeah, yeah. on what they feel my role is. Okay. So I've listened to you guys more than a few times. I've been on your show. Okay. TJ, it, when you have TJ on, he's the host, right? He's got that. He, he's the driver. He's the he's driver. He's the driver. Yes. Right, right. Yes. He's got that voice. He, you can tell he's done this before. Right. He's, he's kind of got that even keel sort of feel, right? Uh-huh. Jason Dutch is just a wealth of information. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a lot of knowledge on things, right? Mm-hmm. Just, so he's kind of like your encyclopedia. Right. He, like, or or your, your, your live ticker for the news. He just knows. Yeah. He knows what's going on. Uh-huh. You... On the other hand, besides the you know besides the human door and all the all the other stuff, right? You are like the most passionate. In my opinion, you're, you're the more passionate guy. You bring that that fire, that energy to the show where it's like 
we've got information and we've got a driver, but where's that emotion coming from? And, and the other, oh. not to say the other guys aren't emotional, but I, I feel like you, you bring that whereas like everything you're saying has that like this feel behind it where you're like, this is what I really feel. This is oh, my passion there's behind no it. There's no fake in me. No, I, I, there's nef- <laughs> definitely no fake in you. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Sometimes, I, you know, when, sometimes, sure when people say, sometimes when people say, oh, he's really passionate, that means like he's a freaking nut job. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're a nut job. I mean, you can, you can, you can uh, back your, your points up with thoughts, feelings, I try evidence. To. I, try to, I try to be very cognizant of saying, if I say something, I need to be able to at least point to something that that supports my statement that you're, is you're, valid. You're the type of guy, though, that will, will throw something out there that might be interpreted a little controversial or maybe like a little like, whoa, that, he just said that. Uh-huh. And, but then you can back it up, whereas you maybe Jason or – or TJ might say something a little bit more measured. You might like I, I've seen you on Facebook, bro. Yeah, you, you throw some stuff out there. I'm like, man, this guy's just—he's looking for an argument. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the uncomfortable truth do that. Yeah, right. There's uncomfortable truths out there, and you gotta be willing to tell the uncomfortable <laughs> truths because nowadays there's so many so many people not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. They want to stay in that that safe zone, you know. Right. The quote unquote controversial items or issues that are, um, you know, uh, you can be controversial, but you're not being controversial. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's those safe areas where mm-hmm. you like look like you're being controversial, but you're not really being controversial. Mm-hmm. And then there's other stuff where you're you're really getting you're out there, and but the thing is, is when you examine it, it's true. Mm. The sentiment is true, so it's like, you know, what are you gonna do? Mm. What so? What brought you to? I mean, I've heard the story a couple times, but it's always good to hear a new perspective on it. What what brought you to the podcast? And you know, not expound upon what you think you bring to that show. I think I think that what brought me to the podcast was Dutch and I would debate all the time on Facebook. Mm. We have these long, I mean, three hundred, four hundred comment threads. <laughs> And it's like me, Dutch, and somebody else, like just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. Threads lasting two, three, four days, going back and forth talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Dutch was like, you know what? We should do a podcast. Because at that point, Dutch was really, really, you know, more conservative leaning. Mm. He's really kind of come towards the center a little bit. Yeah, that's what he says now. And, um, People would people would view me as more progressive and more liberal, mm-hmm. but there are some things that I'm conservative about, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, like biggest thing for me is I believe in the death penalty. Mm-hmm. There's certain shit that you you do that hey, guess what? You your ass needs to be erased. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Most of it having to do with children, but mm-hmm. you know, but there's other things too. Like, I sometimes say I have conservative beliefs. But I disagree with the conservative theory of where to go with those things. Gotcha. Like, I believe in fiscal responsibility, but I don't believe in cutting the SNAP budget over cutting the defense budget. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like if we if we're gonna be fiscally responsible, let's not let's stop paying for four thousand dollar hammers from people to freaking make a F sixteen or whatever the new new plane is. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
That 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 hammer is freaking fifteen dollars at Menards. So why are we why are we tripping? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got you. So that would be that's the more fiscally responsible thing to me than taking food out of kids' mouths. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yep. I have conservative views. I just differ with a lot of conservatives on their implement their method of implementation. Mm-hmm. But I digress. See, the, the tangents get keep rolling. The hey, tangents the, keep rolling. The tangents are part of this. Is this? There is no format to this show, so the tangents can go wherever they go. But uh, so we he was like, hey, let's let's do a podcast. And to me, the 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 podcast seemed to me the the idea for me was like, oh, this is going to be basically a a glorified conference call where we bitch at each other. <laughs> you know, it's a conference yeah. call made public. I guess. Sure. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I figured we'd do it for a while, and then it would fizzle out, and uh, we go back to debating on Facebook. You right. Know what I mean, so you didn't you you were like, all right, let, let's just try this out. But I, I don't know where right. I don't have. I'm any down for a podcast. Comes. That's cool. You know, right. I, you like to talk. Everyone likes to talk. Yeah, I can right? talk. I, there's things yeah. I like to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, then as we kept, we you know we kept you know now we're a hundred and something episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so. And believe it or not, what's crazy to me is that people listen and people think that our our thoughts have some gravitas to them, a little, uh, some semblance of gravitas to them where they will comment their love or hate of what we said. Really? Like it matters, you know, and I'm like, whoa, that kind of blows my mind that people are, number one, people listen to, mm-hmm. to our ramblings because a lot of times there's a loose script as far as an outline of topics, but it's mostly just a free it's it's the it's the uh it's the juice of mm-hmm. podcast. You know, you know who you know who MC Juice is, right? Oh yeah. Big battle rapper, freestyler. Yeah, yeah. And uh that's I think that's what this is. Our podcast is because we we kinda have a an idea, but then it kinda just it takes its own course. And I think in the analysis of it, Voice from the Underground the podcast has some appeal because it is so organic. And we are just kind of, you know, letting our hearts take us where, wherever they take us. You know what I mean? So, no, I agree. You know, and and now it's it's more serious, and you know, we it's serious in the realm that we have we have a little bit of a following, I guess, and and we're we're on multiple platforms and all that good stuff. But we still come to it with that we're just bullshitting in a conference call, and other people happen to be able to hear it kind of way. So it's not like we're smelling our own shit or anything like that. So. I, I, what I think is <laughs> what I think is awesome about your show and in podcasting in general, but your show is, you know, I mean, you guys are just normal people first off, right? Try to be you, you, from the underground, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the daily news cycle is is caught up in in snippets, right? It's caught up in right, right, right. seven minute segments, five minutes, you know, and I'm talking about politics, of course, sometimes um, just, just a, a sentence right. of a larger paragraph of somebody's words being polarized one way or another. Exactly. And then, and then they set up so-called debates, you know, on, you know, Fox or CNN and, and, yeah. Um, you know, the, the debates last five minutes and the people are getting cut off and you have to like think you, you're not even really debating. You have to think of a witty way to get your point out to make right. the other person look bad. So it's what just I waiting think is, to talk. It's not really exactly. Listening. So what, what, what's, what's cool about, you know, your long a podcast and, and your type of show is 
it can go just as it goes. It's a natural conversation. There's, there's context to everything. Right. Whereas, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, me included, just get are, are tired of the let's package everything into a 30-minute to an hour show with different segments and not really right, expound right, right. upon the topics. Yeah, so I, think I think that's think where that you guys nail it. We do try to we do try to delve under the, just the the quick and dirty. Here's what happened. What's your take? Okay, let's go. Right. I mean, even you know, if you look at like the, I didn't watch a ton of it, but if you look at the debate the other day with the Democrats, you know, at the end of the day, it's it was still just kind of an entertainment yelling back thing. and forth at each other. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's just enter, you know, I mean, I'm not really. Are we sitting down and listening to one another, or are we just coming right. up with the juiciest point to right. make the other guy next to me look bad? Exactly, and I don't like that, and that's that's one of the reasons why I chose not to watch. Is just because number one, it's way too early, and there's too many candidates, so I'm not gonna. I'm I not think gonna they had like ten people up there. They had ten one day and ten another day. Yeah, that's crazy. So guess what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in for that because were they going an hour? An hour, hour and a half, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the math on that's like six to thirteen minutes per person if you do it evenly, which they don't. Right, because everybody's going to overtalk each other. Right, right. But my my thing is is that it's way too early to believe whatever the fuck y'all saying right now. Anyway, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you're not really talking about any platform planks, like you said. You're just trying to go for go for blows at the, at the person next to you, whoever whoever seems the. Uh, to be having having the, uh, the 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 lead the momentum at that point, right. we're trying to to d- d- diffuse their momentum, and that's stupid. <laughs> and I was gonna say, did you watch it? But it sounds like you didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. No. I had other stuff to do, man. I'm I was vacuuming the pool or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were we were uh, you know we just bought this house and we got a pool and I've never had a I, I've had a pool before, but. <clears throat> I wasn't home. I wasn't home enough to really enjoy it and figure out how to maintain it and stuff. Because uh, is that a bitch it, to maintain a pool? It's becoming a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like today, we um the solar the solar cover to, the, the, that keeps the heat in and heats it up a little bit for you. Yeah, it's it's basically fucking bubble wrap. It's blue bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. And you put it over the pool, you know, on the water. It floats on the water, you know, and then you take the shit off. But um, it was dirty because it was a, it was the, the the past owners, so we brought it out in the driveway and laid it all out and everything. When because uh, here in Illinois, I don't know where you are, Chicago. Okay, cool. So yeah. here, that big rainstorm was coming through, and we were like, "Oh shit, cool! We can we can we can let the rain kind of wash wash it off." Yeah, exactly. But to get the that um that little that plastic heater thing back in the pool. Is a royal bitch, <laughs> okay? And it's there's not no a one way, person job. No, no, it is not a one person job. You, is, I work out a little bit, but it's still a two person job. Okay, and um, there's no way not to get shit into the pool as you're trying to put this thing in the pool. Okay, <laughs> and our pool is our pool is above ground and it's round, so mm. you don't have the luxury. Of buying one of those roller things where you can roll it up, oh yeah, 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 and then pull it out because it's 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 a fucking circle. So mm-hmm. how are you gonna do that? Um, I'm I'm sure that they figured out a way to do it, and if I find one, I will be buying it. But you know, we I've I've dropped about fifteen hundred dollars on this pool since we bought this house, <laughs> and that was unexpectedly. I did not want you know we had to buy a pump and we had to get this and we had to you know the pump. We had everything done. 
And I'm like, okay, right. cool. I'm about to turn on this pump and get it going. That mo was like, gigging, gigging, <laughs> and luckily I have a guy across the across the street from me. I used to actually train his son in baseball, and uh, he he's a pool. I call him the pool Plato because he knows all the shit. <laughs> and he came over because I'm like, dude, oh, I'm about to blow this fucking pool up. We just gonna have grass back here because I don't know what's going on. He comes over. He's like, oh, you need a new uh, you need a new pump. So boom, that was four hundred bucks. Uh, you know, and then you had to. Hey, we had a filter, but we fucked up taking the actual cover off the pool and dumped a bunch of shit in the bottom of the pool. So then we fucked that good filter up, vacuuming up all that crap out of the bottom of the pool. It took us like ten days to get the pool swimmable, and it's supposed to take Man. a day and a half. So Man. yes, it's a bitch. It is a royal all, bitch. But all that you know, work for what three months? Of pool time? Yeah, but you know something? Here's What's the up? thing. If right. you check my Facebook, man, you'll see the kids in that pool, dude. Okay. All right. And it they makes like it. it all worth it. When you when you get older and you have kids, and if here, all right, I'll say this. Okay. If you have children and you're unselfish, your hard labor for their benefit it's worth is it. rewarding to you. Okay. If you have a bunch of kids and you're still selfish, you don't want to do that shit. You don't care how happy they are. <laughs> When they get in there, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like you'd be looking at them like, I want to kick that little motherfucker in that pool because I just <laughs> went through all this shit. But seeing them, seeing them jump in the pool, seeing them swim around, seeing them uh, just generally be happy mm-hmm. about it is, is cool for me. And now I don't have to drag their asses to the, pl- to the splash pad. There you go. So there's a benefit there where I don't have to pack them up and pack up all this shit and know that the interior of my car is going to get all wet when they get out and all that shit because we just we right there. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I've listened to a ton of podcasts. I don't have kids yet. Okay. I've listened to a bunch where, you know, they talk about cabin kids and they, they say it, it it changes you. And if it doesn't change you in a positive way, if it doesn't way, change, yeah. Then there's something wrong. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, having kids, like, I will admit, I was still a little selfish when I had my first couple kids with my, my ex wife. Mm-hmm. It did change me in a positive way, but it did not make me as unselfish about things as I am now. Mm. Like I was still trying to go out and kick it. How old were you? Uh, I was late in the grand scheme of things. Like, okay, I'm going to say something kind of racial right now. Do it. Okay. <laughs> so in the grand scheme of things as a black dude, mm-hmm. people don't believe that you didn't have your first child until you were, when was, when was Peyton born? Wait, you had yours when you were like 16, right? No. I'm fucking no. with you. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm fucking with I you. I was graduated out of college. I was, it was 1999. I was 27. Oh, that's 27 when, my, when I had my first child. And guess what? Here's, here's what? the thing. When I first graduated from college yeah. and you're out and you're single and you're, you know, you back home or whatever, yep. you meeting people and shit. Girls and have, will always have, say to me, yeah. so how many kids do you have? Or how really? many babies? How many babies? Mamas, do you have? Did that was that a real thing? Really, one hundred percent real. one hundred percent real. I, especially, especially meeting black ladies. Wow. Because they, the assumption is you, you at this stage of the game, you got a couple kids, at least two. Well, let me let me just throw in real quick before you finish. Um, half Filipino, half white. Mm. I, I haven't been asked that ever in my life. Right, right, <laughs> right. Somebody might say, "Do you have kids?" Right. 
but they wouldn't say just a, bypass that right away and say how many kids do you have or how right. many babies mamas you got because she's trying to ascertain how much drama she got to go through in this relationship if, if it goes that far mm-hmm. but here's the kicker yeah when I would say like I'm 24 25 26 years old you know 23 even mm-hmm. hey I don't have any kids bullshit you lying <laughs> You must not claim them. You must be a deadbeat. You ain't got to lie. No, it's only don't. with black girls? Not only with black girls. Okay. Mostly with black girls. Mostly, okay. Like white girls, would, white girls would say it. Latino girls would say it too. Some Asian girls, you know, mm-hmm. I've dated the rainbow. So, you know. Um, you don't discriminate. I like it. I, no, fine is fine no matter what color <laughs> you are. Beautiful is beautiful. And guess what? The Here's the thing is that I've always been a person where if your personality doesn't match your exterior, you're ugly to me. I've always like been like that. I've always, yeah. I've, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my upbringing. Maybe it's, you know, just seeing fake people and I don't know, understanding that they're fake or that there's something ugly about their personality, but it's an immediate turnoff to me. An ugly personality is an immediate turnoff to me. Like that, that, I will, That's fun I, for like one night. It's but, not even fun for that night because I'm like, I don't really? even like this bitch. Wow. Yeah. I tried I mean, it. I tried it. I tried it. I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I don't like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's That's like, good though. You know. I mean, that's good on your part. You're not providing I'm not saying any I sort of validation. I I, I've gone through it. I've gone through with it at times, but it's just like, you know, it's half-hearted. Mm. You know, it's almost like, what am I doing here? I, I'm disgusted with myself because I really don't like this girl. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. So- but yeah, um, you get that question. I would get that question all the time. That's crazy. You know, how many babies, mamas do you have? And then when you say none because I don't have any kids, or you say I don't have any kids, the assumption is that you're lying or being deceptive in some way. What, so, what are what are some other things that you, as a black man, would only encounter in here, like in Chicago? Okay, all right, all right. So, um, did you go to college? Is, oh yeah, did you go to college. Yeah. I went to Illinois okay. downstate. Okay, I went to Eastern. I graduated from Eastern. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, as an athletic performance coach, I've run into this a bunch of times. Okay. Okay? There's two things. Uh, number one, as an athletic performance coach, a lot of the parents feel like they assume that you were just a dumb jock. <laughs> okay. But then, but that's, that's, that's almost universal. Okay? Mm-hmm. So white, black, Latino, or Hispanic, or whatever – a lot of people assume that people that are coaches or people that are in, in fitness, they were phys ed majors in college or if they even went to college or they're just building off their athletic career. Not really any. They don't believe that fitness involves any intellectualism. OK, absolutely. Absolutely not true. <laughs> absolutely not true. <laughs> right. I've, I've got a whole bookcase full of trade journals and. Uh, books that I had to read to go through my certifications. There's a, a shit ton of science behind there's this. A, yes. <laughs> but as a person of color, there's an added component. Now, peep this. Now, mm-hmm. most of the time, when you get asked about college, somebody will say, what college did you go to? Correct? Right. Right. Here's, what, here's the question I would get 60% of the time from one of the parents of one of the kids I was training when they want to try to get to know me during a break in the action where they're getting water or something. Okay. Did you go to college is the question. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So then you say, yes, I went to Eastern Illinois University. Okay. Then they dig themselves deeper. Right? So like 
if somebody asks you, what college did you go to? And you say, I went to U of I, right? Yep. Yep. They'll say, oh, when did you graduate? Correct? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. <laughs> did you graduate? <laughs> did you graduate? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I graduated in December of 1994. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then they oh, no. dig themselves even deeper. Okay. Right? Yeah. So normally, hey, what college did you go to? U of I. When did you graduate? Da, 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 da. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the end mm-hmm. of the conversation. Oh, I got a friend that went to U of I. Did you know him? They, they graduated around the same time, right? Right. Right. No. Even deeper. Next question. You must have been on scholarship. <laughs> no, I wasn't on scholarship. I actually walked onto the football team. I walked onto the track team. Right? Damn. Oh, okay. So then they dig themselves even deeper. And after, usually after this question, I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. Don't, don't talk to me no more. This, then they'll say, oh, so, so you, 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 were you in one of those uh, special programs that, that uh, for admittance? Like a bridge program or something like, like that? Like a bridge. Or yeah. like when I went to school, they had this thing called the MAP program, the Minority Admissions Program. Okay? <laughs> right. So they were oh like, so were you, were you in some type of program? No. I got a freaking 27 on my ACT. You know what I mean? So I'm not dumb. <laughs> I actually got into college. I, I got accepted to a few colleges. I chose Eastern because it was the closest without my mother being able to just show up. Right. You know what I mean? I hear you. Yeah. I wanted to go out of state, but then like she kept getting bronchitis my senior year. Mm. So I was like, oh, if I need to get home, I don't want to have to come from Louisiana or Texas or New Mexico or whatever. To try to get home. Yeah, a quick so, side note: that was my that was my reason to go to U. Of, my my family all went to U of I too, but mm-hmm. U of mm-hmm. I was far enough from Chicago where I could be away. Yes, but still but get you home. You can get home if you need day. to. Yeah, right. Right, I can get home in three hours by train. Right, or something like that. Right, and um, like I visited U of I, and I was like, God damn! Every one of these classes is an auditorium class. Yeah, it's huge because it's so huge. Yeah, and I was like, this is not conducive for me. You, you like because the smaller environment? I needed a smaller environment because I needed to I needed to have instructors that would know if I wasn't there. Oh, you wanted the you wanted them to have accountability. I wanted for to you. have some accountability because I know myself. Because I was very, very um how do you say? Repressed. Not repressed. My mom wasn't repressive. She was just very worried because I grew up I grew up right by Comiskey Park. So okay. I grew up right through the crack epidemic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was in my middle school to high school years when crack was really, you know, flowing strong. Okay, so I'm I'm no stranger to the needles and littering the street and the crack miles littering the street and people overdosing. And and I I was two houses down from what they call dead man's lot because people would dump dead bodies in this lot that was a couple doors down from my house. And every once in a while, the, we call it the meat wagon. The meat wagon would come, and they would do a sweep of the dead man's lot to see if anybody was in there. Wow, that, that's so, another world. <laughs> my, my mother was understandably uh, a little overprotective. And um, even though my sophomore year of high school, we moved to the suburbs, we moved to Bolingbrook, and I transferred to Romeoville High School. She was still protective, so it was still no hanging out after school and no uh, parties and stuff like that. Because when you come, when you're, when you grow up in that type of environment, you just really worry for your kids being out of your sight. And I, now I understand, but then I didn't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So that that contributed to my already robust nerdhood because I had the thick glasses that was you know I could see the future. Mm-hmm. I was we were very poor. How tall were you? Oh, I when I was when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Four foot eleven, ninety five pounds. Holy fuck! Wait, how how big are you now? You look like a. I mean, you're a big dude I now. I am five nine, and I'm two twelve. Fuck! You were four eleven coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. Damn, you had a growth spurt. And the thing is, <laughs> is this: I had been lifting weights since I was eleven, and what? nothing, nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Not damn. a damn thing was happening. Your body like, must not must hell? have had like no testosterone flowing through it. I don't know what was going on. I, I think <laughs> next to late bloomer in the dictionary is a picture of me, like, <laughs> blinking my just blinking my yes, four eleven ninety five oh, pounds. That's rough. And now from the from graduation day until my first day of college, mm-hmm. I stepped onto Eastern's campus. I was five foot five or five six. Okay. And I was 125 pounds. So from graduation day in high school to the first day of college, I grew, what, six, seven inches? Yeah. And I gained 30 30 pounds. pounds. I mean, you're still a smaller guy, but still very, very small. Still small. Still not, not, I'm definitely not attractive to women measurements. No. No, not at all. Especially not with big old glasses, and I only had three pair of jeans and a pair of jogging pants when I stepped on campus. <laughs> so every Wednesday, they knew I was wearing them brown corduroys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I didn't have clothes. I didn't have appearance. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, it was hard for me. It, life was hard for me from the moment I started liking girls until I was about 21. That's when you started getting like learning and, and getting all, into your groove. Here's what happened. This is this is what this is what happened. Like after my freshman year, I went home. I came back home and I worked at Johnson Products on 87th and the Dan Ryan. Um, I was working in the warehouse wrapping up big old boxes of uh, Carefree Curl conditioner and shit like that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we were we were shrink wrapping these big ass um you know towers of boxes and stuff for shipment. Mm-hmm. around the world because you know carefree curl was still the shit back then mm-hmm. and um but the summer after my sophomore year i stayed at school because i wanted to work out get ready for football and stuff like that and plus i didn't want to come home i had so much i was having fun even though i wasn't successful with women i was having fun in college so i was like i want to stay down here you know because down here i can still party up in chicago you need a car to party i didn't have a car right right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um, through my freshman year, like when I came on campus, I had like a little, I had a Scotty Pippen. I had a low, uh, early Scotty Pippen, the low hot, the low yeah. flat top, <laughs> not the high flat top. Like when he had towards the end of his career, I had the low flat top. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I shaved it down and I was like fading my own hair. I would cut my own hair with clippers. Were people and fading back then? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Black folks were. Black folks were, oh, this is yeah, 90, was, what, what year? No, no, no. This was, yeah, 91. 90, okay, so I'm 91, 92. Old, so yeah. I, I got no semblance of what's going on. <laughs> so here's what happened. I was fading my hair one day. Yeah. Like, okay, the summer, after my, the summer after my sophomore year, I came home real quick to get contacts. Okay. Because I didn't want glasses anymore. And you the reason why I didn't, want, I didn't want glasses anymore because when I would go out kicking it in the wintertime, 
you walk out the club and your glasses fog up and you can't see nobody and everybody <laughs> can see that your glasses are fogged. So any girl that might have been interested is like, this dude is a lame. This is right? this is the club down at Eastern. At Eastern, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What was the I'm like 19. You could get in what? Did you have a fake or was it the bar? Oh, my freshman year. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Of course. That's the, the second thing I did at, at school. Well, because at U of I, the yeah. bar drinking age is nine. You, you can get in the bars at 19, which is, I don't oh, know. Oh, but how I was they get only 18 still. I was I only gotcha. 18. Gotcha. When I graduated. I didn't, turn, I didn't turn 18 until a month after I graduated high school. Okay. So I came home. I got contacts. I go back to school and I'm fading my hair, getting ready to go out. And I messed up my fade. And um, I'm like, fuck it, I'm shaving it all off. So I shaved my whole head. I shaved it bald. And the girls went wild. <laughs> Hassan, ooh, where your glasses at? I got contacts. Ooh, I like your bald head. Dude. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. And this is before Onyx came out with that slam song. So people couldn't say, oh, you just did that because of Onyx. But like, a month and a half later, Onyx's album dropped, and everybody thought I was like, people thought I was like, you know, copying off of the ball head Onyx thing. And I was like, and girls, and girls would come to my defense like, no, he had that at the beginning of the summer. I saw him. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. So, um, yeah, I stayed at school every year, every summer after that, I stayed at school. But I was still living in the dorms during the school year because I liked the dorm life. Okay. So you would know, stay. You would live in the dorms during the school year, and then have yep. like an apartment during. I would the summer. get an apartment. We, we we our first apartment was uh, we called it the pleasure pit because it had a sunken living room where you had to step down into it. <laughs> so we called it the pleasure pit. Me and my boy Wood. <laughs> <laughs> so so you have a a shaved head now. I got a shaved head. When when do you and, think you um, started like realizing like okay now I know like kind of I'm kind of figuring this whole girl thing out. Um. I, was there a moment or were, like, there was, was there not, the, here was the like, thing. I was like, light bulb moment? okay, I shaved my head. I got contacts. Girls started being interested, mm-hmm. but I was still very nice. Mm, yeah. So then I was looking around at the guys who were really successful with the women and they were fucking assholes. So I was like, I'm going to try this asshole thing out. Yeah. And I turned into an asshole and that shit worked. It does actually. It works. Unfortunately. And and ladies out there, a lot of guys who are treating you like shit and you're chasing them around, they're not really assholes. They're nice guys. But that's the shit that works for you guys still to this day. Absolutely. Still to this day, the asshole bit works. I don't know why you ladies fall for it. And you fall for it until sometimes until you're into your thirties. Yeah. And that's that's a shame, ladies. I'm sorry. Okay. They, so, they like the I, little hint of like he's yeah. kind of oh, a, he's, he's kind of he's a mysterious. Yeah. He's mysterious. He's edgy. Yeah, he keeps I me on. I don't know if he toes. cares. Right. He keeps me on my toes. Right, right. No, he's just playing the game because you're giving him. You're doing what 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 he wanted. He what he would have done for you if you were nice. Right. If he was nice. Right. And so, I became a person I did not. I wasn't. But it was so successful, and I felt like I had missed out for 20-something years of my life. So I let it ride for a long time. you know. And every time I would try to be like nice, the girl would break up with me. I've had, I've had girls break up with me and say, you're too nice. You care too much about me. Oh, you, man, care about sucks. me. you care about me too much. You're too nice. Okay. You know? So then mm-hmm. you just go back into it. Because, you know, everybody needs love. 
right? <laughs> I, hear you. I hear you, man. I, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm single. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, no, I, I've been in plenty of situations where I've, I've done the asshole thing and it like yeah. a little hint of like just being a kind of a dick and they like that. Yeah. And then like yes. my natural personality is to actually be nice. So then right. I'll, I'll revert back to my nice personality. And sometimes. then they, they, they withdraw on you. Yeah. They withdraw. Yeah. They pull the plug on you real quick. Yeah, real, or they'll withdraw quick. and they'll, you know, I was Mr. I, you're like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. That's what that's. I heard that so much. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I, this house would be about three thousand more square feet bigger. <laughs> because sure, I'm, you're like a brother to me. I just, I just, I just, I, I love having a friend like you. <laughs> I want to be your West Virginia friend, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, I want to be. Right. I want to be your your freaking backwoods of Tennessee brother. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of brother I'm talking about being. I, I mean, I still, I'm in my 30s now. I still see that the asshole vibe works. It does. It does. I but, don't know why. But I do, I, I am why. noticing now that, that girls like a, a guy that has her shit together. So a little right. bit more stability, a guy that could take yeah, them but, out to do something. You know, having your shit together doesn't mean you ain't an asshole. That's true. They, they still will, are attracted, a lot of girls, not all, a lot of girls are, are initially attracted to that asshole vibe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, I think now that a lot of the asshole guys, had daughters mm. that they they were like I don't want my my daughter being treated like I treated I treated girls oh yeah 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 you know like I'll give my daughters all the game I got two daughters and two sons mm-hmm. and, um I give my daughters all the game I'm like don't fall for that bullshit nope he's doing it on daughter. purpose like, Peyton no Peyton don't nope nope <laughs> fuck that Peyton nope don't do it don't do it don't you dare you better not pick up that phone and call him <laughs> the thing you, is though you better not text him anybody. Not only kids, but you don't really learn until you, you get caught up and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, you need to never listen to your parents, right? I, I, I listened to my mom, but I didn't really. You don't, listen, you listen, listen, but you don't take it in. No, I was, there's, there's so many, there's so many things that my grandfather, especially in my, and my grandmother taught me mm-hmm. or told me mm-hmm. that I did not apply until I was in my thirties. And I was like, fuck, I wish I had done this when they were telling me like, my grandmother was like, now, baby, when you go to college, there are going to be people on campus trying to get you to sign up for credit cards. Don't sign up for the credit cards. If you need money, call me. I will send you money. Mm-hmm. What did Hassan do? <laughs> Hassan signed up for them credit cards. <laughs> Fucked my credit up. Oh, man. Anybody, I, I out avoided who, that. anybody out here who's listening, who is going to college, do not, I repeat, do not get credit cards. It's Don't do it. Send your mother a postcard and use a lot of S words and make every S a dollar sign. She'll get the hint. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Or send her an email. I'm sorry. See, I'm old school. Yeah. Send her an email or a text. Send her a text and make all the S's in every word a dollar sign. (laughs) And she'll get the hint that you need some money. (laughs) You know, you're so super special, mom. (laughs) And I'm super... You know, super, super, <laughs> just happy to have it you. It would be spectacular. Mom. Yes, I had a super mom like such as yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just in the thesaurus, you right? know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't get credit cards. Don't get credit cards. It's a trap. It is a it's trap. A, it is a trap. So you went and got credit. You, how many credit cards you open up? I had two, and then, oh, you know, it's, it's bullshit. Like, and see, when you when you're poor as fuck. Mm. coming up mm-hmm. 
and you get a you get oh I got a two hundred and fifty dollar limit. Oh shit! You you consider yourself know? pretty poor growing up? Oh man. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm from the 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 gas is off, so we had to take a, we had to put big ass saucepans mm-hmm. and shit like that on um electric plates to heat them up to take baths in the sink and shit like that. Oh fuck! I I am from the you know I grew up and we didn't have our own place for a long time. We were sleeping in. We were living with my grandmother or living with my aunt. Damn. You know, I didn't have my own room until I was 16. Hey, and now, and now I didn't have my a, own bed until I was 16. Hey, now you're on a podcast complaining about what a bitch it is to have an outdoor pool. Right, right. First world problems <laughs> like a motherfucker, right? I'm having first world problems like a motherfucker. This fucking but pool. Like, it makes dude. you appreciate, right? Yeah. Like, you look I didn't, back and like, look where I came from. Right. Like I, I had my own car before my mom had her own car. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we were broke, man. Like broke, broke. But you know what's cool, though, at least from my perspective, is it's cool to see good people succeed. It, you know, I'm not one and, of those. And, here's that, a, and, and, and that's that's well, you know what's crazy is. Yeah, I don't even feel like I've succeeded yet. You, you know, know, I'm like, damn, I still got shit to do. I still got stuff to do. And, but but that but that's but that's because you're not you're not a content person. I'm not. I, I can you know? be happy. I'm blessed. I'm very right. fucking blessed. I'm really happy. But I'm not satisfied. I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied. I think that's a good way to say it. I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied. There's things that I want to do. There's some things that I need to get put in place. And um, I think that's healthy, though. You know, it's healthy too. I, I think I think so too. I think when you when you get to a point where you're just kind of feeling like, okay, I can kick my heels up. Mm-hmm. That's when you start sliding off. That's when you, know you start I mean? to kind of regress a little bit, like your mm-hmm. mind, your body, mm-hmm. your soul, all that just stuff sitting, starts yeah. to regress. But I think gotta, there's always something to improve. There's always something you can improve. You you just don't want to get to the point where you're never you never take a step back and look at look at what I've done. Like this yeah. is this is awesome. I mean, I can look I can look back and say, you know what? Coming from where I'm from, mm-hmm. I've come a long way, but I still got a long way to fucking go. I got a long way. I still I still things I struggle with. I'm still immature in certain areas, mm-hmm. and I'm almost I'm I'm almost I'm on the, I'm closer to fifty than forty, and I'm still sitting here self evaluating. Like, damn, I wish I could be more buttoned up in this area or that area and i think that's another reason why i'm so into Mm self-improvement it's because i do see those flaws in my life that i still want i I still want to uh try to get ironed out and mostly now what's funny is now is that i'm not trying to iron them out necessarily for myself i'm trying to iron them out so my kids don't see them because if they don't see them then they may not do them Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i tell my son i tell my kids all the time i said i've walked the path that you're walking I know where all the shit is. I'm trying to tell you how not to step in the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but they still want to go stomping in two feet sometimes. Hey, sometimes, sometimes kids. Sometimes you got to learn on your own. You got to learn on your own. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've noticed that you can tell someone all day until you're blue in the face not to yep. do something, but yep. they won't learn until they actually do it and go, True. oh, fuck. 100%. I fucked up. I should have listened. Like my daughter, she's, she's going to be 20 in December. And, she's in um, school. Yeah, she's at school. She don't like it, though. And I'm trying to tell her to stay, but she ain't listening. Mm. She don't like it, though. She doesn't like it. She's in junior college. And I think right now she just, she kind of wants things to happen kind of easily. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life ain't like that. You know what I mean? And and what's what's worth, you got to, any goal that you have worth attaining, you got to go through some growth and discomfort to get it. And she's not ready to punch through that yet, I don't know. 
has she had things so, has, has have things has she grown up where things have come easy to her not necessarily easy mm-hmm. but she but picks up on stuff pretty easy and of course yeah 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 mm-hmm. she's very she's fucking smart as shit she's yeah. smart as hell and but it's the application process and that's that's the same thing for me growing up i would get very mediocre grades mm. But then, like, you know, when I was coming up, we had this thing called the Iowa test. That was the standardized test back in the day. Okay. So I'm in fifth grade, and I'm getting, and this is how old school I am. We had not A, B, C, D, E, F, or uh, not A, B, C, D, F. We had uh, satisfactory, excellent, um, I forget like what the middle good. one was. Good, yes, yeah. good, and then unsatisfactory. Right. I remember. I remember seeing those. Yeah. So I would get satisfactory or um i would get a lot of s's mm-hmm. and i would get uh i would get a couple u's unsatisfactory <laughs> and then i would have a freaking excellent in phys ed or some shit like that sure gym right right because i love going out and running and i was i'm, I'm pretty fast i was pretty fast until age took over <laughs> but then in fifth grade i am you know standardized test comes around and I'm reading on a 12th grade level. I'm doing math on an 11th grade level. I am, my comprehension is on a ninth grade level or whatever. So like these, these teachers are like, one time, <laughs> I'll tell you quick, one time my, my mom and I went to a parent teacher conference. Mrs. King is her name. I mm-hmm. hope she's still alive. <laughs> but, um, she says to my mother, we're sitting there and she says to my mother, and my mother's sitting right at the desk and I'm sitting at one of the kids' desks. Behind my mom, okay, just for context. Mm-hmm. And my Mrs. King says to my mother, "Do you see this patch of gray hair right here?" <laughs> <laughs> and my mother says, "Yeah." She's like, "That is your son's gray hair." And she just turns around and looks at me. And I'm like, "You just signed my death warrant." Wow. You know, yeah. And my mother was quick with the switch. Mm. You know, and I'm like, "Damn!" And she's like, and she tells my mom. She's like, he's smart. I can see it. She's like, just the other day, last Thursday, I'm going through the math. Uh, I'm going over the math review for the test because, you know, we had tests on Friday. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I was back um, in the back. Is it the protractor or the compass that has a needle on it? I forget. I believe it's the compass. I believe it's the compass as yeah. well. So I have the needle part of the compass and I am digging a hole into the desk. I am, I looks like I am narrow. I'm laser focused on digging this hole in the desk, right? So she asked me, she's like, Hassan, what did I just say? And I just repeated right back to her exactly what she said and the answer. And she was like, that is why I have gray hair for him because he's not even listening and he knows this stuff. He knows it. And now, you know, they would like, in the in, if I was in school, if I was in elementary school in the uh, in the mid nineties, they would have labeled me ADHD or ADD or some shit, sure, like that yeah, and yeah, hop yeah. me up on drugs. Yep. But the thing was, and and Mrs. King finally said it. She was like, "I think that he should he should probably be in sixth or seventh grade, but they won't do it. They won't put him up there because this stuff this is not challenging enough for him, and that's why he's digging holes in my desks." <laughs> wow that's crazy so so you were just so bored with it i was i just and and but the thing is is that boredom um goes into complacency and then you just you develop a habit of not applying yourself that permeates the rest of your life 
So you have to fight hard against it. And I fought hard against that because, you know, like I, in college, I had a friend and it would take him six hours of studying every night to get a C in a class. And it would take me maybe an hour and a half of studying every night to get a B in the class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I hear so you. Even no, then it I was still kind of, you know, I could, I could go in the library the morning that a paper's due and write a B plus paper. I, I was the same you know what way. I, mean? I, I was, a, so just from my perspective, yeah, that I was the same. I was the type where I never needed to really study all that hard. Like mm-hmm, just school mm-hmm. came easy to me. Like everything. Yeah. Where I, yeah, like people would be like in college, people would be studying, have pulling all nighters, and I'm like, yeah, what are I'm you done. doing? I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going up on Green Street. What y'all doing? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, and they'd be like, do you even go to school? I'm like, right. and they'd be like, oh, do you? You must have an easy major. I'd be like, no, it's just this is easy. Right. Like I, what? Right. I, I, I'm not. 100% you know like your daughter I don't know what what she's going through but right. it took me a while to like finally realize that to work hard like working mm-hmm. hard for things you like things that are worth accomplishing accomplishing yeah. you yeah. have to be uncomfortable like everything came so easy to me that I was like if this doesn't come easy to me then I don't want to do it it must not be it must not be worth it right it must be stupid and, and and I think that's my my daughter a little ways and I'm just mm-hmm. like oh babe I just want to tell you don't make it hard for yourself. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> luckily, luckily, I had that motivation. Like, I knew that I had to finish school. Yeah. So, I, luckily, yeah. I did that, and I put myself in a position to get a decent job out of school. And then, There you go. You know, you but, go. but you it know? took, even in, like, work, I was like, man, this this work stuff. I don't know if I yeah. like this. I Maybe I should I just like go back this. to school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally was like, I should just go back to school because that's- Become a professional more, student. I could- right. I could be Van Wilder. What the, right. what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> what, what am I doing here? I can just go back to school and delay school all this. And, yeah. and, and delay it. I can go get my doctorate. That's a, that's another eight, nine years. Right, in school. right, 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 right. That was you know? my mindset. <laughs> and I was the one. I graduated. I got my bachelor's and I was like, I am done. I'll come back. I'm going to take, take a gap year mm-hmm. and I'm going to come back and get my master's. Shit. <laughs> Ten years later, I go back to get my master's. So you went back. 2005. But I, I did it online. I went to the, uh, I went to, uh, I did University of Phoenix. They got me, but I did it where you had to go into class, mm-hmm. uh, one or two days a week. Mm-hmm. And then the rest you did online. So I didn't do the totally disrespected online 100%. Like they don't, <laughs> they see a University of Phoenix degree. And I didn't know, I didn't realize this at the time. And I don't think a lot of people did, but people were like, <laughs> right. But then like, um, what I would do in my interviews when I got my master's, I'd be like, yeah, I went to the University of Phoenix, but we actually had on campus. So you mm-hmm. had to go and actually sit in front of professors and, and, and you know, kind of back your shit up instead of just yeah. throwing some shit together online. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I could ever – I'm at the point where I'm like, do I ever want to go back? I, I mean, I guess it would help my career if I did, but I'm what just are, like – I mean, well, what do you do? Know, what, do you, what do you do? I work in sales and, like, marketing. So oh, really? I guess getting yeah. So I guess if I got an MBA, it probably would help. But I just don't right. want to go back to school, and yeah. I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know sales and marketing is more about relationships too. Right. So, and I know. have a ton of it now. I have like ten, you know, nine years of doing it. I, I feel like that the resume, the 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 experience in and the of itself is the, better. The experience than makes up for the, uh, yeah, the not classroom. having your masters. Right. 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 Now, right. what field are you in in sales and marketing? I work in uh, right now. I work in sports. So sports, oh, really? sports, live events. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's real cool, dude. That's it is cool. cool. It is cool for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, it's fun. I mean, um, yeah. I just got a new job, so I, I work. 
I basically work for one of the biggest. I don't want to like spout out the name, but of course, I, I will. I, I, I smell you. I smell you. But it's one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world, and I'll tell you off off the air. Right, right, right. So oh, I'm really definitely cool. going because I'm in sales and marketing right now too. I'm the oh, sales nice. and marketing co- coordinator for a couple of Orange Theory Fitness. Yeah, franchises. I remember you telling me that last time yeah. we spoke. So, um, you know, we definitely got to chop. We got to talk shop. Oh, definitely. <laughs> how do you how do you like doing Orange Theory? Do you do you actively do it as well? I do. I try to get two classes in a week at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I do stuff at home. Um, actually, my son was working out with me today. It was so funny. It was so cool. You get you getting in the orange zone. Oh yes. Oh yeah, dude. I, I have I have here's the thing about Orange Theory. Yeah. When I first heard about it and I was like, Oh, it's heart rate based, this is some bullshit. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. And then I took a class and I was like, Holy shit. Because when you're overconfident, you go and do stupid shit like um like in or at Orange Theory there's base push all out. Your mm-hmm. base is like challenging but doable, push is uncomfortable, all out is empty the tank on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yep. So you have your base push all out. And your first day when you're overconfident, you think this is going to be some bullshit, you have your base pace at like eight, nine miles an hour, and you run your push at 10, and you're doing your all-outs at 12, mm. and then like three and a half minutes into the workout, you're like, I am not going to make it off this goddamn treadmill. You're burned already. I yeah. am cashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cashed. Yep. When I tell you, not my calves were cramping, my damn, my, my, uh, my uh, anterior to- tibialis muscles, my my shin muscles, were <laughs> oh, cramping. Oh, no. I could not straighten. I could not point my toes. Oh my god! They were cramping that bad. Wow! Literally could not point my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laying on the ground, like rubbing the shit out of my shins. God because damn. I had run. I had run. Then you go to the rower. Oh no! And you're rowing, <laughs> and of course you're flexing your anterior tibialis those those muscles, those shin muscles. Rowing is a bitch. As you row, yeah. right? Oh yeah. And then I go to the floor and they're like lay down and do this, and I go to try to get up in my my shin muscles. No, dude, sit your ass down. Right? <laughs> your body was literally giving up on it. Don't fucking move. You understand yeah. me? Do not move. So I've gotten to the point where um, I'm not cramping up like that anymore. That's good. You know. You can but, pace yourself through the workout. Yeah, there? and yeah. I also coach. I also coach classes. Oh, nice. So like people, people come in and they'll say, "Is the workout hard today?" And they hate my answer because I always say, "Every workout is hard if you get after it." Sure, true, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Every workout is hard if you get after it. The, what, what, what the difference would be is the recovery. Like after an, we have endurance, strength, power, and mm-hmm. ESP. Mm-hmm. So after an endurance workout, usually I recover a little faster than after a power or strength workout. Mm. Because it's a you know you lift a little bit more weight in the power right. and strength, and right. you do more all outs in their power and the strength than you do in your um, endurance. In your endurance, mm-hmm. and and here's the thing for me is that I pulled my hamstring a couple months back on the treadmill, and this is where age shows up. Mm. Even if you're in shape, mm-hmm. even if you're in shape, you still heal at an age as an age person. So what uh, you know, I would pull my hamstring in college and I'd be I'd be back running full speed in like a week, a week and a half, two weeks maybe. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you know, it was like six weeks not on the treadmill. Oh fuck. You that know I do not I am not envious of that mm-hmm. happening. So what I had to do was I had to start getting on the bike. And now I've been trying to work my way back on the treadmill, but I'm like self conscious and I don't want to hurt my hamstring again. So I'm I'm kind of holding back. Like I'll run my all out at like ten, mm-hmm. and I could probably run twelve, but I don't want to pull my hamstring. 
So what I've been doing is I found that I will push the shit out of myself on the bike. So I get on the bike and I rack those gears and I'm getting all my RPMs in and shit like that mm-hmm. because I know that I can, I can really go all out really, 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 really hard on the bike and not worry about pulling my hamstring or, or anything else. And it's lower impact on my knees too. So. Sure, yeah, yeah. The the bike is better. Yeah, but Orange Theory is the be- Orange Theory is a really good workout. It's a that's really awesome. good workout. I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. And that's the great thing is anyone can do it too. So absolutely, you know, we've got we've got seventy, eighty year old people coming in and getting it in. They'll they'll power walk. I'll be jogging or running. Somebody else is doing something else. You know, it's 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 great. It's great, and it's like a family atmosphere too. So I, I like I like I like Orange Theory. I like I like the idea of group classes like that Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i do crossfit and it's the same kind of vibe yeah you know where it's accountability people telling you what to do are you in a good box are you in a good box they they stress they they stress that um the form and everything yeah, and not, the, not hurting they, yourself. Exactly. Yeah. They, they very much stress the, the form and not just lifting the, as much weight as you can. And right, they'll, they'll literally right. stop you in the middle of work. Like, Hey, no, do it. Like, don't, don't do it don't, like that. Don't do that or yeah. lower the weight. I know right. you're trying to do this, but lower the weight or your form's really starting to deteriorate. Right. They'll be like, yeah, they'll be like, you know, during this particular workout, if, if this weight is difficult for you, you have to finish under this time. Make sure you just lower the weight. Like, yeah, no, yeah. stuff like that. There, are, there people, are bad boxes, yes. Oh, yeah, there are bad boxes where they'll just start, you know, throwing you on the, on the, doing the Olympic lifts and you've never done them before. And, right. No, no, go get the PVC pipe and let me get this for you. Exactly. Yeah, we, we have, you know, so our box has two levels. There's fitness and then, well, there's three levels, actually. Fitness, performance, and competition. Yeah. Fitness is literally like from building you, like foundational fitness. Like mm-hmm. so, all the Olympic lifts, you're not doing that. You're doing all the stuff that would strengthen your body to eventually do Olympic lifts. Nice, I like yeah. that. I like that philosophy. Yeah, and now, then the performance you... is is the Olympic lifting. Sorry, performance yeah, is Olympic lifting, and then competition is then like you're training to compete in CrossFit for the, for the uh, CrossFit games. Like right. a couple of our, a lot of people that do CrossFit do Orange Theory. Yeah, I've I've seen and, the crossover, um, and a couple of our instructors are some of like I've got some great head instructors. Over at Orange Theory and Willowbrook and Lagrange, and um, those guys are CrossFitters, and they're real cool, real good yeah. guys. Um, I always, I always ask CrossFitters, do you worry about rhabdo? I personally don't, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't have that. I'm not doing this to see push my body as far as it can go. I, right. I do it to get my hour in, and I'm out. Right. Because um, I've, 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 I've had, I've, I've, I've known three CrossFitters to get rhabdo. Yeah, and they're just—they're doing seven days a week, and I'm like, "When yeah, do you rest?" Exactly. Like, you have to rest. You keep yeah, tearing it, your body down. It's those guys that go seven days a week, or girls, and go mm-hmm. you know hour and a half, two hours, and I mean, yeah. Then at that point, you're gonna get wrapped up for sure. Like you, right. you gotta you gotta build in. Like our our gym isn't even open seven days a week. That's it's great. Open, it's open. That's six. great. I like that. Yeah, and mo- like and most that. of the like the heavy the guys that are like really training. They go five days a week. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I like people say, "How many days should I work out in a row?" I'm like, I never work out more than two days in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll never catch me working out three days in a row. Even nah. when you, even when I do the uh, body splits, mm-hmm. where you go back and biceps, chest and tries, sure. and, and shoulders, and then legs. Uh, uh-uh. I'll, I'll I'll do back and biceps, chest and tries, then I'll wait a day, then I'll do shoulders, then I'll wait a day, then mm-hmm. I'll do legs. You know what I mean? Rest Just to is give important. myself that. People don't understand that that is where the results are. The results are in the rest. Right. That's when the muscle rebuilds itself. Right. The recovery is where you get your results. And, and people, people think it's just about beating themselves to death. 
and then it's counterproductive for them. Mm-hmm. They get more fatigued and they, they actually start gaining more weight and, and feeling weaker and losing stamina and like, wow, I'm, I'm going to the gym six days a week. That's, that's why. <laughs> stop, stop that and go four, three or four days a week and I bet you feel better in three weeks. Yeah, the, the most I go in a week is four days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like I'll I, do stuff at home if I don't get a chance to get at least two classes. I'll, I'll try to do two classes at least mm-hmm. and then two, two things at home, mm-hmm. you know, and um. Sometimes I'll be I'll get lucky and I'll be able to do three orange theory classes and then I'll I may do one one day at home of lifting mm-hmm. and then I'll do one day where I'll do like a, a Sean T cardio thing or something like that or I'll do some yoga or something. How'd you get involved you know? in Orange Theory? Actually I was I was looking for something where I could marry my marketing degree mm-hmm. and use that, my my masters. And but still be involved in fitness. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed at Orange Theory as the sales and marketing coordinator, which mm-hmm. is great for my MBA, you know. And then with, you know, I still had my my fitness certification. So they were like, you know, if you want, you can still you can sub in and teach classes too. So I teach like what one two, I teach like seven or eight classes a week. What what kind of coach would you say you are? I am the coach. Where the members say, "How in the hell does he have that much energy this early in the morning?" <laughs> like I'm the coach that dances. I'm the mute. I, I have a playlist that I keep adding to, and I, I put it on shuffle or whatever. Well, all DMX. And I'm, no, it's not all. I'm, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's some rock. Yeah, you know, like people people trip out because money for nothing is on my playlist, and Faith by George Michael is on my playlist. <laughs> I've got disco on my playlist. I've got house music. I've got rap. I've got R and B, I've got all, I got Afro House, I've got Major Laser, I got all kind of shit. Oh man, you got everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. People always like, what's your, what's, they're like, where's your playlist at? Can I download it? I'm like, it's on Spotify. <laughs> 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 it's on Spotify. Look up my profile and look up OTF, it's very and that's easy. the that's the playlist. It's easy. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have fun. You know, like <laughs> one lady said, I played. I played your playlist at my uh, little barbecue the other day, and everybody loved it. I was like, "That's hey, great." <laughs> That's it's nice great. to know that's that your great. musical tastes are uh, shared by others. Right, right, right. But yeah, <laughs> that's how I got involved in it, and um, I like it a lot. I like the I like being able to do that and um, do both things. It's the best of both worlds. It's stimulating multiple facets of your, yes, your personality. Yeah, I'll, I'll teach class mm-hmm. like on on Tuesdays. I'll teach class at like five in the morning, six in the morning, and seven fifteen. You're a morning yeah, that's person, what I'm saying. Huh? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm not at what? all. And how do you teach all. the morning class? I teach the morning class because I have to in the after in the in the later morning mm-hmm. in, into the afternoon and evening I have to do the sales and marketing stuff. Ah. So I've got to go prospect. I've got to go on visits. I've got to go do lunch and learns and all this other stuff. So Are I you have like I recruiting t- people. Is that your intent? No, no, no. I'm actually um I I do a lot of work trying to get I do a lot of B two B where I'm trying to get businesses to uh. You know, our corporate rate plan, ah. our, like we, 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 we sell books of cla- banks of classes that you Got can it. buy and stuff like that. So I do a lot of B2B stuff where I'm talking to local businesses and even bigger businesses like banks and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, trying to say, hey, you know something, you know, any, any place that has a sedentary work, sp- work style yep, where, yep. you know, hey, come on over. We got two showers in the spot. You can come over at lunch. Take a quick workout and get back to work. You know what I mean? Mm, or you yep. can come right after work or you can come before work. And, the, you know, if you got 10 or more employees, we'll give you a discount. 
So yeah, yeah, there you go. How do you how do you, you do know. it then in the morning? Are you a big coffee drinker? Well, I will have coffee, and then I have. There's certain songs that I can play that no matter what, I could be in a dead sleep, and if that song came on, I would wake up hyped as shit. <laughs> like there's this ghetto house song called "Pump That Shit Up," mm-hmm. and man, if I'm really having, a, if I'm driving in and I'm really struggling to kind of get myself ready, I'll I'll pull that song up, and man, bro, the power of music, right? The power of music. Hey, I, we. I grew up in. I grew up in a household where, on the weekends, we cleaned the house, and everybody had. Mu- we had the music going, and we would be dancing and, and singing on the, as we clean and stuff. And uh, you know, we just. I we. Our family was big into performances. Like we would have to do a show for the, for our for the for the adults. On, on Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. And it would be my birthday, but I had to do a damn song and dance. And I can't even sing, but the dancing was... And, and here's what's crazy is I didn't learn how to dance until I was like 16. I was horrible. <laughs> you had two left feet? Yes. I have two <laughs> younger sisters. And my two younger sisters taught me how to dance when I was about 16 or 17. And I was still not that great because, of course... My mom being protective, she wouldn't let me go to the parties to practice and you can't you know, kind of get it in. You can't be a right? black man not knowing how to dance. Well, you know, it happens. It's a lot of us <laughs> out there. But my sisters taught me how to dance. It kind of laid dormant in my body. Okay. And I went away to college and I come back and me and my sisters were doing a performance because I came back for Thanksgiving or some shit. Mm-hmm. And... Halfway through the performance, my sisters stop what they're doing, and they're, everybody's watching me. And I stop, and I'm like, what? And they're like, who are you? Where did you learn to dance like that? You took everything that we taught you, and you just put it on 10. And, like, that's just how I've been f- for the rest of my life. I just, I would be in a store, and if the store's playing music and the music is good, I'll be dancing. I'll be in the checkout line. <laughs> not like, like no, no, when I'm dancing at the store, I'm not like snapping out full, you know. Choreography or anything. Full right. choreography or whatever. But right, right. I'm, I'm singing along and I'm dancing. I'm that guy in the car snapping out at the light and stuff. So, <laughs> you it must know. be a lot of fun to be around. Some people would say yes. My ex-wife would probably say no. <laughs> you know, but Fair. I mean, there was, hey, there was 14 years where, they, where at least some of those years she wanted to be around me, though. And I, I, feel, <laughs> couple, I right? feel, and I feel the same way. I feel there was many of those 14 years that we were together. I definitely wanted to be around her. So shouts out to my ex. Uh, you always be the, uh, respected because you are the mother of my kids. You know? Hey, there you go. So, I, well, I wanted to ask you. You brought yeah. this up before we even started. Uh huh. We got to do it on this show. Sure. Haas's humidor. <laughs> what are you smoking? You want to know what I'm smoking on? I want to know what you're smoking, and I want to know. I want you to tell me about cigars. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. And this is funny because I almost I almost use the slang term that my friends my friends and I use because my friends smoke cigars, and this is my friend from college, my my boy Adam. Shouts out to Adam. I love you fresh forever. That's my boy. That's my boy. Okay. You don't even know. Anyway, um, when we're smoking cigars, and it comes from, because I ain't going to tell him. He used to smoke something else. Okay. And, and when they talked about smoking something else, they called it chiefing. Okay. And I almost said, what am I chiefing? 
because when we talk about cigars, oh, you chiefing today, are you puffing, are you smoking? So uh, today I am smoking the Macanudo. The Menudo, um, okay. Macanudo Crew <laughs> CRU Royale. Okay. Okay. And uh I've 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 reviewed this cigar on uh Voice from the Underground. Didn't you review before. it pretty recently? Like in the last maybe in the last six weeks. I think I heard about this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um it is a it's it's a good cigar. So all right, how much do you know about cigars? You don't inhale. You do not inhale unless you want to be very sick. <laughs> Other than don't that, don't do it. Not even, not even a, um, not even a very mild cigar. You don't want to inhale the smoke. You don't. You don't smoke a cigar like smoking a cigarette. No. Okay. But so you uh, just swish it around in your mouth a little bit and then puff you it. Put it into up. your mouth. Yeah. Um. You let most of the smoke out. It, well, okay. You can let the smoke out of your mouth very slowly. Mm-hmm. Let the smoke kind of waft, and of course, as you're breathing, you'll you'll smell the you'll smell and taste some of the essences of the smoke mm-hmm. and of the cigar. Um, or you can do what they call retrohale. Now, a retrohale is you pull the smoke into your mouth, mm-hmm. and then you let about maybe eighty-five to ninety percent of the smoke out of your mouth. Then you close your mouth and you push. The remaining ten to fifteen percent out through your nose. That's called a retrohale. Okay. Okay. Supposedly, you're supposed to be able to to get more of the essences of the cigar and and the flavor and stuff like that. For me, to date, and I've been smoking cigars for a while. Most of the time, when I retrohale, it still burns my nose, so I I very rarely do it. Okay. Okay. I I, I enjoy it enough doing a regular a regular puff. Um. So this, I am smoking the Macanoodle Crew Royale, C-R-U Royale, like a Royale with cheese. Yep. I am smoking the Robusto, which is five inches by 50 ring gauge. So this is an interesting mix. Okay. You get the five inches in length, but the ring gauge or the, the, the distance around is measured, I believe, in millimeters. Okay. So it's 50 millimeters around. Is it's almost a, like, if, do you like watches? Cigar? Do you like watches? I'm not a big watch guy. Oh, God. Bless it, dude. Anyway, <laughs> I'm a big watch guy. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not I big like, into accessories. I, I like my dial to my, 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 watch, my watch face to be big. I like okay. 50, 50, 50 millimeters and up. So you're not rocking an Apple watch? No, not really. <laughs> if they came out with a big one, I might. You might. But, All right. But the Robusto... That's a that is a popular size because it's it's, it's it's enough cigar to smoke in the car on your drive home or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, this cigar is not a puro, and a puro is where every part of the cigar comes from the same country. Okay. So like a puro from Honduras or Dominic, the Dominican Republic puro would be. The wrapper, the binder, and the body and the filler all come from the same come from the Dominican Republic. This is not like that. The wrapper is actually from Ecuador. It's a Habano leaf, uh, which is a milder type of leaf. Um, and then you have some Nicaraguan and Brazilian and Dominican long filler tobacco. So it's a little bit of everything, mm. a little bit of everything in there. 
It's medium bodied, which means um, like if, if you're if you're smoking a really full bodied cigar, mm-hmm. you want to smoke it with a meal or after a meal. You don't smoke it on an empty stomach. Why is that? You will get, you'll get oh, sick. you get sick. Okay. Or you'll get a little high. Oh, OK. Hello. Um, it's, it's, it's really flavorful cigar. You got a little, it's, it's a little spicy. So you think when you think of spicy, think of like, uh, like black pepper or something like that. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There's a little hint and, 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 you know, sometimes I taste it, sometimes I don't, but you, you, you can get a little hint of dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and then. Sounds uh, delicious. Yeah. And then there's a little cedar smell. You get a little Ooh. bit of get a little cedar in there, man. That's like all the yeah. all the th- all, like. There's a combination of just things going on yes. in this thing. Yes, and it's got a pretty good, a pretty uh, mild or, or mid level draw. Now the draw is how hard do you have to pull to, to get the smoke into your mouth? Like a tight draw is where like you really have to pull hard. Mm. A midi a medium type draw is where you you're not really working that hard to get. And then there's a loose one. Where you don't have to hardly do anything, and you got you got smoking, you got the smoke in there, and you can, you know. Mm-hmm. But this is like a medium type of draw, and okay. what I found is like this is my second or third crew royale, and the draw kind of varies from cigar to cigar sometimes. Now these are handmade, so I can understand that, and that's that's how you know you 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 this is a truly handmade cigar because um, there's slight differences in each one. Gotcha. Like the draw might be different or. Whatever. Um, the burn, which which means is, um, does it burn evenly? You should always have like that. If you're holding a cigar vertically, mm-hmm. you want that ash and that burn to be perp- parallel to the ground. Got it. You know what I mean? Right. If you don't want it to be on an angle, you don't want an uneven burn. Uneven burn suggests something about the tobacco that maybe it, you know, oh, okay. it's more it's more moist in certain spots than it should be or, or drier in certain spots than it should be. Damn, you know and that's a lot. why it's that's why it's burning <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's burning like that. Or sometimes when it's a really loose draw, so it's a loosely wrapped cigar, uh-huh. there's a lot of lot of air getting in there. So it's really burning, you know burning a little bit faster than it maybe it should. Than it should. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear but you. the crew royale is rated ninety one. Is that of a hundred? Out of a hundred. Okay. So it's the top twenty-five of the year for 2018. Really good cigar. Um, would I recommend this cigar for a beginner? Yeah, Possi- me. Possibly not. Okay. Um, if you, if you were if you're a beginner, you're gonna have the cigar. You definitely want to smoke it after your meal. So gotcha. have like a you go to you go to uh Ditka's or Tavern on Rush or. Ruth Chris or something like that and have a big old steak meal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is a great cigar to go down to Lakeshore Drive after and walk up and down the lakefront and puff the cigar with your girl or something like that. No, or didn't. have it with a coffee after. You know what the, I mean? The last time I smoked cigars was for one of my guys. His He was having like a baby shower, yeah. but with just his guys. Yeah. And we went, we went it out like a cigar shop downtown. Okay. Just rented out the room, had wings, watched NCAA basketball, and smoked cigars. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know what I was smoking, but I just felt cool as hell. <laughs> it was it's, fun. It's a. It is a. Um, it is a. It is almost like a fraternity. Yeah. Um. Like, you could go to a cigar shop by yourself mm-hmm. and sit there 
and smoke a cigar and nobody's going to look at you sideways. You might end up with two or three friends. Wow. Um, you know, most, most people, you have those people that are elitist about cigars and I try to stay away from those people because I have a very diverse palate. So I'll smoke an infused cigar one day, but I'll smoke a non-infused cigar another day. Like today, I've got the Crew Royale, which is not infused. That means there's no coffee infusion or anything else like that. Gotcha. Uh, but yesterday, I was smoking an Isla del Sol, okay? Mm-hmm. And Isla del Sol is infused with this, you know, sweet kind of coffee-like. Like, it's a great breakfast cigar. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. smoke it with your coffee and... What's cool is like what you have your cigar paired with brings out certain notes in your co- in your in your um cigar. Mm-hmm. So like I have some fruit punch and bouillet bourbon paired with this Cru Royale. So it's a little sweeter. Oh. So when I take a sip of the the drink and then I puff the cigar, I get a little bit more of the dark chocolate hints because of the sweetness I believe in the drink. Now, if oh, I was damn. just, if I was just like a lot of times when I smoke non-infused, I will smoke, I will drink Gentleman Jack okay. with it straight. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only whiskeys or bourbons I drink straight. Gentleman Jack. I love it. But with Gentleman Jack, if I was smoking a if I was drinking Gentleman Jack with this uh, cigar, I would get a lot more of the spice. Ah, it okay. would taste a lot more spicy because. Bourbons and whiskeys are usually a little spicier. Damn, that's crazy that you could you know the pairings and what will oh, bring what. Well, out. yeah, and, and and here's the thing is like, I don't go with the, like you can look it up and say what you can go on Google and say what should I pair with my Macanudo Crew Royale, mm-hmm. and you can you can find a listing of pairings. Me, I I really go, I'm really instinctual with it. I'm like, oh, well, I feel like drinking this with it, so that's what I'm gonna drink. Mm. You know what I mean? Just discover it on your own. Right. I discover it. Like sometimes I'll have crown apple with my cigars. How often are you smoking a cigar? I try to smoke a cigar every day. Wow. I try to smoke one cigar every day. I'm not even lying to you. Is that good? Is that good for your health? Uh, (laughs) Probably probably not. Probably not. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, it's not like I'm inhaling. Mm -hmm. No, it's still still nicotine. It's still tobacco. But I will tell you this. Mm -hmm. You know, no, is it necessarily good for your health? No. Right. Is not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, maybe. Hey, yeah, there in you emotional, go. In a, it puts you, know you in how a I got in cigars. Place. Yeah, you know how I got in cigars. How's, how would you get in? Contemplating divorce. <laughs> I would literally walk walk my subdivision, mm-hmm. smoking cigars, thinking, "Damn, should I leave? Am I doing everything I should do? Is there mm-hmm. something else I could do to make this better?" I'm not happy. Blah. And th- at this point, I'm smoking 99 cent white owls from Casey's General Store Oof. out by the cow because I lived out there by the- at that time. Oh, cow, and, that's uh, nasty. Yeah, I was. I, you know what? The cow is okay. That's is it? actually what's funny is I met my 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 current wife while I was still living out there. Oh, okay, there you go. So there it is. But I would be walking the subdivision smoking cigars, and my neighbors would be like, "Dude, I saw you walking like 3:30 in the morning yesterday." <laughs> What, what's going on? Just got a lot on my mind, homie. A lot on my mind. <laughs> hey, if you if know? if it, I mean, it may, it might not be good in the physical sense, but if it makes your yes. mood better, yeah, if it yeah, improves yeah, yeah. your outlook on things, it then does. go for it. It does, right? and it, you, you you, it's the breathing, it's the puffing, it's you know that's why a lot of people smoke cigarettes because it's actually the soothing nature of breathing. Mm. You breathe deeper when you smoke a cigar. You breathe deeper when you smoke a cigarette. So you're getting that oxygen kind of into your body. Mm-hmm. 
you're taking those breaths and you're cleansing. It's, uh, it's, it's not as peaceful or as uh, cathartic for me as riding my motorcycle, mm-hmm. but it's very close. It's very close. And I, you know, I'll smoke a cigar once a day. If I can get more than one in a day, I'll, I'll do it. Um, my most I've smoked in a day is like four or five. But I know people, I know, I know, I read an article in Cigar Fish Not Magazine. Mm-hmm. There's this guy, he's like 97 years old. Mm-hmm. He'll wake up in the morning and before his feet hit the ground, the cigar is lit. <laughs> He'll smoke 12 or 13 cigars a day. Damn. 12 or 13 cigars a day. That's crazy. That, like, that seems crazy. That seems crazy, but he's 97. He's been doing it for like Man. 60 years. Oh, damn. Isn't that crazy? That's even crazier, right? You know, you would, here's the thing: is like, that. yeah, I don't even i didn't I didn't realize this before until about a few months ago. Uh, my grandmother, God rest her soul, mm-hmm. used to take me to see my great grandmother, early May Hayden, in Robert Taylor Homes, and we would always stop and get her a box of cigars. And my great grand, my aunt, my mame, what's her name? Mame, God rest your soul, love you. She smoked cigars. Whew, she, she would answer the door with a cigar. She had a cigar in her mouth when she answered the door. And by the time we left, she had smoked two more. God damn. <laughs> she, lived, she lived a good, a good long time, 98, 99 years old, something like that. So, so, so it's, it's possible to live a long it's life. It's possible. It's yeah. possible. I mean, you know, everything is a risk. That's true. You know, everything is a risk. But, uh, you know, like Bob Harper had a heart attack. That's mm-hmm. some crazy shit. Right. So, <laughs> you know, fit guy to fittest. Yeah, man, everyone, every everyone's body is different. We're just, we're all just figuring this stuff hey, out as always, we go along. I right? tell people every, every blink, every breath, every every thought, mm-hmm. every word, every action could be your last one. So you better milk and squeeze every drop out of life you can get. So I'm not gonna stop smoking these cigars because <laughs> <laughs> it's your you know, damn life, right? It's it's. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, you know, I my you know who some somebody told me something and before she passed, my great grandmother Nana. Uh-huh. She said to me, and I'm gonna try to say it in her voice, she's like, Baby, when you get when you get older and you start thinking about your life and looking back on things, you regret more the things that you didn't do than the things you did, baby. So go ahead and make them mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely true. And I true. said, Nana, that, that's true. That's you absolutely true. You know, but that, that led to me just saying, fuck it and doing some, some things that was bad. But, you know. But you got to learn, I, right? Like, I, like we were yeah, talking about earlier. But I, you, you know don't something? Know. I, I would, you know, to have the experience, I'd rather have the experience and, and know it's potentially a negative than to, to, to not do it. And that's, I'd be like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I had done that. Absolutely. How are you on, uh, on time? Uh, my wife is probably like, where the fuck is this? Dude? So <laughs> well, I should probably jump off. All right. Well, uh, let's end it there because that's, that's okay. beautiful right there. That's cool. That's cool. Um, is there anything? Yeah, but you if want- you, if you, if you're looking to try a cigar, Macanudo Crew Royale is, is not bad. If you're a beginner, make sure you eat a good meal before okay. you smoke that cigar. You can, Mac- you can, it's a, it's a medium cigar. So it's not like it's going to knock you on your ass. But uh, you want to have a meal, okay? No, um, no. I guess you know. I want to shout out Voice from the Underground, the podcast. Yep. You know you can catch us at um, <laughs> www. 
You want what is it? Voice for the voice from the underground or VFU podcast dot I think it is. I, it's so rare that I actually give out the website. Here, so, I, I got you know. it for you. VFU VFU dot Okay, I was right. I was right. You were right. I was right. VFU podcast right. dot And awesome. um, you know, if you want to be a patron a patron of ours, um, absolutely. We're we're now at the point where. One third of all of our proceeds go to worthy organizations like Wounded Warrior Foundation and things like that. That's um, beautiful. So it is uh, www.patreon.com slash VFU podcast. Perfect. And if you ever want to hit me up on Twitter, I am Frozen Pharaoh, P-H-R-O-Z-E-N-P-H-A-R-O on Twitter. Perfect. And with that being said, just, hey, be nice to somebody. Be nice to everybody because you never know what they're going through. There you go. Thanks for have, coming on, man. For sure. For sure. Thanks for having me. I rambled so long, man. I'm sorry for talking so much. Oh, no. That, that was the point of this. <laughs> this is a Danger Entertainment podcast. DangerEntertainment.net. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick leave, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV. I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify. And any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Ciao.